thank you for coming. And uh, we really appreciate that. We have a lot of activities going on in the church. <clears throat> As most of you know, our Wednesday night, family night, and we have children's church, youth night, and then we have adult teaching. This uh, last few Wednesday nights, we've been on first and second, uh, oh boy, uh, first and second uh, Peter, and we invite you to come. We're going to start <clears throat> next on first, second, and third John. And we invite you to do that. On Sunday morning at 9.45, we have a, a, a great class, the Life Group. It's in the Fellowship Hall. And we'll be, we're teaching on the end time deception. End time deception. Jesus Christ, Paul, others wrote much about the end time deception. And sorry to say that there are a lot of people today in the church that are being deceived. And we're covering those deception and how not to be deceived. So we, we, in, uh, we invite you to come and be part of the ministries and the happenings here in this church. <clears throat> A father was uh, getting older and uh, he had to go to the doctor to see what was going on. And to the doctor and the doctor examined him and said, uh, Mr. Smith, uh, you're just going to have to lose weight. You're going to have to go on a strict diet. And he gave him his diet and everything and told him what he had to do and had not, and not to do. And uh, so he goes home with his diet and everything. Wasn't long, a few days later, the um, son called him and said, Dad, how are you doing with the doctor's orders? He said, well, I'm doing fine. I changed doctors. <laughs> and we hope when you hear the word of God and maybe it don't go too well and you're saying, hey, this, this, this really steps on my toes. Don't change churches. Just watch the diet. Just, uh, just listen to the word and, uh, and it, it certainly will bless you. Every father, thank you for coming. Happy Father's Day. We are glad that you chose Bethel to be here. <clears throat> We're going to be reading from the book of Luke, St. Luke. And uh, I love this chapter, chapter 15. I love it because it has, it has three stories in it. And the first story is about the lost sheep. The second story is about the lost coin. And then, of course, the third story is one of the favorite stories in the world, the lost son. And uh, there's so much that you can glean from Jesus' teaching on these particular uh, parables. And uh, we're going to be talking today, of course, today's Father's Day. I, I wanted to, and I just was drooling to teach on the Father's responsibility in the home, and it's good. I, I've taught it before and uh, just has great principles in it. But then I just could not do that. I wanted to talk about a Father's love. A father's love. And I want you to read with me. And Brother, Brother Mark, if you will, <clears throat> every high thing must come down that particular screen. Uh, when you're not having my um, <clears throat> scriptures on, on the screen, if you could, I don't know if you can do this or not, but if you can, <clears throat> put that up. <clears throat> Excuse me, put that up and let it stay up. As we were singing that song, I just felt the Lord to do that. And I, I could just sense people that, that the enemy has been attacking you spiritually, maybe even physically, maybe your home. 
and he's built up walls of separation. He's uh, uh, afflicted physically. And I, I just felt that God in several people's lives here this morning, and I believe this, the high things, the enemy, the, the, the wrong things, they're coming down. They're coming down. Every stronghold shall be broken. And uh, we believe that. Now, let's read, if you will, beginning with verse 11 of St. Luke chapter 15. By the way, if you don't have an outline of this uh, sermon, please raise your hand. I want everyone to have an outline of the sermon. You remember a whole lot more of what you read. And, and, and besides, I work hard on these. Please take one. have several hands up I see St. Luke chapter 15 verse 11 then he said a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father father give me the portion of goods that falls to me so he divided to them his livelihood that says them because he had two sons. He had the older son, and this is the younger son. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the, that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to do what? Now, this is a Jew. The feet swine. They had nothing to do with pigs and hogs and swine. But they, this is where he wound up, was feeding swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with pods that the swine ate. And no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise. Notice what he says. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran, out, ran and fell on his neck. And kissed him. Some translation says he kissed him and he kissed him and he kissed him and he kissed him and he kissed him. He was so excited and so glad to see his prodigal son come home. And um, the son said to him, Father, now he just, he, he doesn't finish what he said he was going to say. He just gets, gets halfway through what he wanted to tell his father. Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But father, the father said to his servants, bring out, I love this, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf. Not some scrawny, poor calf. Bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began 
to make merry. Father, add your blessings to the reading of your word. Speak it not only to our ears, but our hearts. In Christ's name we pray. Would you look with me on your outline at the introduction? The prodigal is the stereotypical rebellious adolescent who doesn't know how much he doesn't know. You ever ran around teenagers and adolescents and they act like or think they know more than they know. He reaps what he sows, talking about a prodigal, and learns a valuable lesson in the process. Now listen to me, especially young people. You want to you learn a valuable lesson today? Listen to the sermon. Take it in. Take it in. He reaps that he sows and learns a valuable lesson in the process. His is a classic story of the great turnaround. If only, and I, I cry over this. I weep over this. If only all prodigals, all the children, could get so smart so quickly. This parable has been called the greatest story ever told. Some have described it as the parables of all the parable of all parables. Others have called it the gospel within the gospel. Can I, can I stop right here and say something? And I, I believe with all of my heart, this church, and I thank God for the fathers in this church. We have some of the greatest fathers in this church. Now, are the fathers perfect? Absolutely not. None of us are perfect. But I can, I could, and I'm not going to name a name, but I could go down the line of the many dads in this church and tell you the great qualities of them as a father. And I thank you. Heaven thanks you. I know your children, they thank you. So I thank God for the fathers. Look at Roman numeral number one. The prodigal son journeyed into a far country. So he comes to his dad. Now he's the youngest son. And such Eastern culture such disrespect for his father. First of all, the firstborn is supposed to get his portion. Second of all, no one is supposed to get anything until the father dies or in, is incapacitated. So he's not supposed to get it. And he comes to his father and he said something that so many people say today. He said, gimme. We're living in a gimme society. We're living in a gimme uh, culture. I have never seen the beat of kids. They don't want to make their beds. They don't want to do anything in the house. They don't want to do anything outside. They want to do anything but get keys to a car and go to the dad or to the mom and say, gimme. Now, everybody's like not like that. All are not like that. But we live in a give me society. This prodigal son journeyed, but he, he, he was so selfish. If they had smartphones back then, he'd take a lot of selfies. He, he, he had the spirit that our society and our culture has today. Selfish. Selfishness. It's mine. I, I, I deserve it. But God help us to understand Give me. He rebels against his own father. His father was kind. 
Now, make no mistake about it. The father is, a, it's, if you want to call him that, the father is the star in this parable. He is the very centerpiece. And it represents none other than our father, God Almighty. That's what it represents. The father gave him that that he uh, asked for. And then he took a long journey. Uh, evidently, he took the land or whatever and turned it into cash. And so he leaves with a lot of money, a lot of money. Evidently, the dad was well off, and here he has given this, uh, his youngest son his portion, and he takes off. Now, notice what I have. The far country was not measured by distance. If we become selfish, no matter if we are Christians or not Christians, if we allow the enemy to cause us to become selfish, then what happens, we start going away from God. We start what we call here backsliding and getting away from God. And this young man, this son, goes into a far country, but understand it's not measured by distance. The far country is anywhere that we go to get away from a relationship with God. You can be sitting right in the church, maybe here today. I don't know. Examine yourself. Are you in a far country? Are you away from God? Are you out of fellowship with God and, and, and God's people? Understand, this young man goes a long way, and some have gone a long way to church from God. We can be in a far country, as I said, sitting in the church. The far country has many roads. Now, why do you think he wanted to go? First of all, he was selfish. Second of all, I believe he was looking for freedom. So many young people, well, I'm not going to be in their dad's coattail any longer. I'm not going to stay home. They're too strict. I have to be home at a certain time. I have to clean my room. I have to do all of these things. I'm out of here. They're looking for freedom. Let me tell you sometimes, a lot of times people are looking for freedom in all the wrong places. Not only, I believe, was he looking for freedom, he was looking for meaning in life. When people turn to drugs, when young people, uh, they get active sexually or whenever they go out into the world and what they're doing, they're, they're, they're looking, they want to satisfy something right here. Let me tell you, when you were born, when you were created, there was a hole right here that nothing will fill except the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. He was looking not only for freedom, he was looking not only for meaning, he was looking for acceptance. I watch young people today and they, you know, they, they just want to be accepted. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But they simply want to be accepted. But he was looking self-satisfaction. Let me be free. Let me be free. Quit telling me what to do. I want to go when I want to go. I want to do what I want to go, do. I want, my, I want to have the friends that I like. I don't care mom, care whether mother and father like my friends or not. Listen to mom and dad. They know best. I should have got three or four amens right in there. That was a good one. They know best. And the very thing that they think that they're going to be free from they go into bondage. The story is told of a kite. And the kite said to itself, you know, 
If, 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 if I could get rid of this string, I could fly into the heavens. I could be free. I could be free and just go and be where I wanted to be. Be what I want to be. Live like I want to live. And all of a sudden, a strong wind came and broke the string. And down comes the kite to the ground. And a lot of kids, a lot of young people, a lot of dads, a lot of moms, if we're not careful, if I can just get free of this family, if I can just get free of this tug, maybe that tug is the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart. Don't cut it. Don't cut that string. Don't be loose from it. Because the very thing that you think you might be free of, you're going to land right to the ground and you'll come crashing down and you're being more bondage than you were before. He wanted, he wanted freedom. The, the far country is a land of poverty. Verse 14 in the 15th chapter says, he spent all. I don't know how much he had. I probably had a lot of money. Probably had a lot to spend. But you have a lot of friends in the world when you, got, when you have money. I mean, oh boy. Fill that glass up again. Come on, let's laugh and have a good time. Let's enjoy ourselves. And as long as you're paying for it, boy, will they be your friends. When you run out of money, you run out of friends. And he spent all. He didn't have any more money. Because there was a famine. Anywhere you go without God, it's a famine. It's a famine. Jesus is the one that makes life beautiful. Jesus is the one that makes flowers pretty. Yeah, you know, we don't look at flowers and birds enough. Jesus said, look at the sparrow. I don't have time to look at no sparrow. I got too much to do. I'm looking at my five phone. You better get your eyes on God's creation. That's the reason he said it. Because God's beauty and God's love gives so much comfort. You're not going to get it here. Most of the time, a lot of times. I mean, God has given us so much. God, and we're looking and looking and looking. And uh, that song we sung, something beautiful. God will make something beautiful of your life. He'll make something beautiful of your home. He will, you know, we went yesterday to, to Colin's wedding and it was absolutely beautiful. I mean, God, that's a nice looking young man. Mm. And his wife is so pretty. And it was a beautiful farm, nice place out in the, and I love the country, go way out in the country. And it was so pretty. The grass was trimmed so neat and nicely. The shade trees, the beautiful, oh, let me tell you. And I sat there and I looked over at my wife. I said, honey, I feel like I'm marrying you all over again. And I meant that. It made me feel so good and clean inside. That's what God does for you. You serve the devil, you'll wind up in the pig pen. You serve the devil, you'll wind up wanting to eat the pig's food. He joined himself with those that were tending swine and he fed the swine slop. We used to call that in Sampson County, you slop the hogs. It means you feed them, feed them slops and, and their food, their kind of food. And he, it said he would have eaten their food if he could have. 
And I see young people in the world today out eating slops when they can have a filet mignon, spiritually speaking. Oh, God, don't let the devil put a ring in your nose and lead you around. Change your life. Change your life. They were talking about VBS. I remember going to Mount Vernon Missionary Baptist Church at VBS. I remember it when I was eight years old. Eight years old. This is the reason I encourage you to get your children. This, I've never forgotten it. Eight years old. It is stuck in my mind. I remember enjoying it so much and enjoying the God's word as an eight-year-old kid. It never left me. Get the word of God into your children. He said, make them come to church. Now, you can't make a 14, 15-year-old come to church. Some people says, I'm not going to make my kids come to church. You make them brush their teeth, don't you? Make them come to church. They need to get in the word of God. It's, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. The far, the, the far country is a land of poverty. The far country is a land of deception. They have commercials on television, beer commercials. They have these beautiful women, these handsome hunk of men. And they're all sitting around a fire at night, and it's just beautiful. And they have their, their can or glass of beer. And one of them will look over at the other and say, it just don't get no better than this. Let me tell you something. It gets a whole lot better than this. I've seen many a man, many a woman that started out with a can of beer and they become an alcoholic and I see them beat their mom, uh, I mean, yes, beat their wife and, and, and all. And it destroys your life. The far country is a land of deception. This 17th verse and said, listen to this, this is interesting, it's important. And when he came to himself, people are so drunk on deception, they think they're enjoying life. And this is the greatest thing of life. It don't get no better than this. And they're slaves driven by sin. He came to himself. We used to have a Evangelists to come to our church. Um, Brother Manus. Brother Manus was his name. C.O. Manus. He was in Alabama and he was a preacher in revival. And it, God's spirit was moving. The Lord was blessing. And someone got this lady to come to church. And she had had an affair, left her husband. And was living in sin. Well, they got her to come to church and the Spirit of God was moving. So she came to the altar and they got her together around her and laid their hands on her. And she got moved on by the power and the Spirit of God. She fell out into the floor and lay there for a long time. When she woke up, this is the first thing she said. Where is my husband? The devil had her so blinded. So deceived. And this prodigal was so deceived. And that's what the devil 
that's what he does to people today. That's what he does to young people. They think they're free. They think they got the world by the tail, and boy, we are doing our thing. We're going our way. Listen, you'll wind up in trouble. Alcohol will destroy you. Let me say that again. I hate alcohol. My daddy was an alcoholic and beat my mother. My brother, until he walked down the aisle and knelt right here and gave his heart to the Lord, was an alcoholic. And I went and got him out of jail. And I've seen what alcohol can do to people. But let me tell you, God can set you free. doesn't matter what it is. We're quiet in here today. I guess we're okay. No, it, he, alcohol binds. And that's not just the only thing. Jealousy, hate, unforgiveness, bitterness. All of these things will, will, will destroy you. Before our land is a land of deception, our Heavenly Father allows us to be humbled and experience difficulties. Some people, the only way they're going to turn to God is hit rock bottom. But you notice something. The father never ran after that boy until he started coming back. He never ran after him. He never bailed him out. He let him go as deep as he could go. And parents, that's a good lesson for us. If we bail them out of everything. You were telling me yesterday, Brother Dan, and when it comes to alcohol, it's, it's called what? When you help them, it's called enablers. There's more parents that are enablers. If you know what they're doing with money that you give them and it's wrong, stop giving them money. Ooh. If you know that what they're doing is wrong and that's your car and, and you know, don't let them have the car. It's time to stand up and say, listen, you know a good word? No. No, but you don't love me. Oh, go, 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 go. I don't care. Cry. Let them, let them, let them experience pain. They can experience pain now or experience pain later. That dad never went to him. Our heavenly father allows us to be humble and experience difficulties. Look at the father. Look at number two, the father. He had lavish love. He was a lavish lover. Listen to me. If there's anything that this 15th chapter of Luke does, it tells us how much God loves us. This man, the farmer, had a hundred sheep. One of them left. He had 99. But he left the 99. And he went searching for this lost sheep. He went to this place he went to that place he went through briars and over rocks spent time and time looking for that lost sheep lost sheep and when he found it there it is there's my lost sheep he didn't kick that sheep and say you stubborn sheep you left me I ought to leave you laying right here he reached down in tenderness put him on his shoulder and took him back home that's how much Jesus loves you. If you're away from God, and only you can know that. Only you can tell that. If you're away from God, all God wants is to find you, love you, put you on his shoulders, and bring you home. The woman had ten coins. She lost one of her coins. 
By the way, let me finish that little story about the sheep. When he got back home, he called all of his neighbors, and they all rejoiced. All rejoiced. Lady lost one of her coins. She swept. She moved every piece of furniture. She sought to get that coin that she'd lost. You got ten. No, but I want that one. I want that one back. She finally found that coin, and she called all of her neighbors, and she said, come and rejoice with me. Come and rejoice with me. If there's anything that happens when a sinner comes home, there's rejoicing in heaven. The Bible says there, there is more rejoicing in heaven over one lost one than it is those that are committed to the, to the Lord. He loves the backslider. There are a lot of people that get away from God and stop coming to the church. And, 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 and not just this church, but churches. And they get out of fellowship with God and fellowship with the church. And all that God wants is for you to know that he loves you. All that the church wants. Not to criticize you. Find fault. We want to put our arms around you and say, hey, we love you. And the same way with the prodigal. The prodigal son. Motel 6 has a commercial. And if I'd ask some of you, you could tell me what it is. They leave the light on for you. Jesus leaves the light of forgiveness on for you. If you've wandered away from God, just look. Oh, I see a, I see a light. I'm in darkness. I'm in bondage. I'm miserable. My life is miserable. But I see a light. That's Jesus' light of forgiveness. It's burning bright. It's beckoning you. Come home. Come on home. Come on home. He went home. The father saw him a long ways from home, from the house. He runs and runs. Did you know that that was shameful? For him to run. Because men wore long clothing. And they covered their legs. For him to run, he had to show his legs, which was a disrespect. Disrespect. Why did he run? Well, we could say because of, his, because of such love. He ran because of his love. Kenneth Bailey, author of The Cross and the Prodigal explains that if a Jewish son lost his inheritance among Gentiles and then returned home, the community would perform a ceremony called kizahiah. That's a Greek word. They would break large, a large pot in front of him and yell, you are now cut off from your people. The community would totally reject him. Any son... He, they brought, he brought shame. They would say, you have insulted the family and you are a failure. And they, that boy forever had no respect from the community, from the Jewish people. That's what that word is. K-E-Z-A-Z-A-H. And he was ostracized from the family. That dad knew that. And when he saw his son, he said, I'm not about to let the community ostracize my son. He should be. But the dad jumps up and he says, I'm going to get there. To the edge of the village. He gets to his son and he 
falls on his neck and the Bible says he kissed him and he kissed him. Probably here come the other, they, comes out the crowd, the villagers. And this is the son that walked off. This is the son that left his dad. But upon seeing the father loving him so and forgiving him so, they had to forgive that son and accept him back. When my father saw me, I was away from the family of God. I was a sinner, black, the black sheep, lost, lonely, hurting. And Jesus didn't want the community to reject me. So he runs ahead. The father runs ahead. And he loves me, puts his arm around me. And when everybody else sees the father love me, well, I guess I might as well love him too. That's what the father did. That's what the father did. The son began to say, Dad, I'm not worthy to be called your son anymore. And I'm going to work for you. Well, the father stopped it before he got to that part. You know why? Because you're not saved by works. He said, I want to be a servant. No, you're not a servant. You're a son or your daughter. He wouldn't let him get there. He said, it's okay. I forgive. That's grace. That's amazing grace. God forgave. Jesus forgave. Amazing grace. He said to his servant, I want you to go get the fatted calf. I want you to bring him here. I think he put that calf in the stall and just started feeding him and fattening him up and making him, oh, this is going, you're talking about a flaming young. You're talking about a steak. Wow. He said, I want you to kill the fatted calf. I want you to bring the, sun, the robe of sonship. I want you to put it on him. Oh, but he's been in the pig pen. I don't care. Put the robe on him. That the cleansing Jesus' blood will cleanse every stain. Put the robe on him. Take the ring, put it on his finger. By the way, his feet's torn and sore and dirty. Put some sandals on his feet. For my son was lost. You're talking about a father's love. My son was lost, but now he's found. He's my son. He's not a vagrant. He's not a somebody that's cast out. He's my son. I wonder where you stand today as the musicians come. Where, where, where are you at in fellowship with God? Are you out of fellowship with the Lord? Maybe you one time, maybe you once knew him as your personal Savior, but today you've gone away from him. You seldom ever pray. Not often you go to church. You seldom ever read your Bible. Now, I'm not saying you've backslid if you don't read your Bible or go to church or uh, pray. But that's part of it. That's part of it. Where are you at? How, are you in a far country? You say, how far? I don't know. I don't know where you've gone. Have you, have you, have you gone to places that... Certainly not pleasing to God. Have you been living, saying things that's not pleasing? Have you been doing this, that, and the other? Well, here's an invitation. Here's an invitation. I've wandered so far. Let me say that again, Judy. 
I've wondered so away from God. I'm in a far country. Now, today, this very moment, I'm coming home. Listen. The paths of sin too long, too long, too long I've tried. I made up my mind. It's a decision. You say, I'm afraid of what people will say. It doesn't matter what they say. I'd rather be in re- have a relationship with Jesus Christ than anything. But I've been so long. It's been so far. It's been, don't let it bother you. But Brother Don, I don't even know how to pray. That's okay. Just talk to him like you talk to a friend. I've wasted so many precious years. Now. Now. I'm coming home. Listen, I now repent with bitter, bitter tears. Oh, but now I'm coming home. Stand and sing it with me, everyone. Sing it out loud. Joy, sing it. Now, Father, you're in this church. Your presence is here in such a wonderful way. You've moved throughout this entire service. The powerful music. The wonderful praying. The touch of hearts, Lord, that you've given. Thank you. Don't let one man, one woman, one young person in this place today die and go to hell. Save them. May there be a real, true, genuine time of repentance. Godly sorriness. And we do that right now. I want every one of us, you know where your walk is with the Lord. You know where you stand with your relationship with God. Maybe you want just to renew your relationship. Maybe you've never known the Lord. Well, we're going to pray a prayer. I want you to pray in your heart and believe God. And if there needs to be repentance, if you've been saying things you shouldn't say, if you've been doing things you know is contrary to the scripture and God's will, I want you to put it on the altar today and never pick it up again. Let the Lord save you. Let him sanctify your mind. Now, Father, I pray for every man, every woman, every young person here today. God, as we come to you with our our sins, our disobedience, Maybe, Lord, there's bitterness. Of unfor- maybe there's unforgiveness because of the way we were treated. And maybe we were treated wrong. But God, help us to leave it here at this altar. God, that brings us bondage. Bitterness, Lord, brings bondage. Unforgiveness brings bondage.
I'm going to release that person. Whatever she said, whatever he did, I'm going to release them. And I'm going to love them with your help. Come on, you need to do that. You need to let that sin go. Leave that sin at this altar. Ask Jesus Christ to forgive you. Maybe there's, maybe there's bondage with some kind of addiction. I don't know. But you know, and Jesus knows, take it to him. Take it to him. And ask him to forgive you. And say, Lord... If you'll give me strength, if you'll give me strength, I will not pick this thing back up again. I'm not going to go out this door with this bondage. I'm not going to go out this door trying to eat pig food. I'm going to go out this door feasting on the heavenly manna that you provide for me. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Sing it one more time. Coming. Brother Mark, if you will, put that uh, song back up, the words that I was asking you. Can you do that? Uh, Every high thing shall come down. Uh, uh, Brother Matt, could you get on the keyboard? And, and, and I want it sung, and, 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 but I want the words to really stand out. Uh, wherever you can start in that song. I don't know if you can do it without singing the whole thing or not, but while he's preparing and getting ready for them to sing it, listen, I felt as that song was being sung, there was some here that needed special prayer. Where am I? Oh, oh, thank you. Uh, I thought I was doing something wrong. I didn't know. I ought to do. I ought to do something wrong. Uh, But you you just matched my wife getting me, you know. But But listen to me. If you're in bondage, God wants to set you free. And listen to the words of this song. Listen at it. And I'll let you go. It's still, it's not even chicken time yet. So stay with me for a little bit. Jesus overcome the world. Jesus overcome. overcame, he'll overcome for you this morning. That's your song. That's your song. Are you in bondage? I come against every foe of every person in this place today. I curse the enemy. I command him to take his hands off of the homes. There's homes that's it's in bondage. There's their lives that's in bondage. And that thing is going to be broken. In Jesus' name, I speak to it. In Jesus' name, it is broken. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel like there's some that has been dealing with depression or oppression. And I'm going to have Brother Matt to sing that one more time. And that's for you. That spirit of depression, discouragement, that spirit of fear, that bondage that's just felt like you've been pushed down, pushed down, pushed down. That's, you're free of that if you'll just praise him. I kind of believe in shouting myself. I hope you do. Because the Bible is full of shout to the Lord. Amen. Sing a joyful song. One more time, Brother Matt, if y'all will. 
your voice. Jesus, you've overcome the world. A glorious clap offering. Give Jesus a glorious clap offering. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Wow. Brother, I don't believe in all that stuff. Well, the world does. They act crazy, jump up and down and clap and say things they shouldn't say. We certainly can say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we love you today. Thank you for your bountiful blessings. I thank you for every dad, every father. I pray that you'd give them special wisdom. Father, we need it. We need special wisdom when it comes to being a dad, when it comes to being a husband. Lord, there's so much now in, in the world. Our culture is against fatherhood. And there's so many children, and we have them to come here. There's so many children that don't have a father. There's no father figure in the home. There's no father influence in the home. And the mama has to take all of that responsibility. God, in the name of Jesus, touch dads and give them a special, special grace to be the dad and the husband and the believer that they should be. In Christ's name, amen. Love a neighbor. Thank you so much for coming.